Hey, what's up? How's it going? So, as you guys can probably tell from the title, uh, my name is White Rider, and this is week one of our podcast. So, the whole goal of this podcast is just kind of show progress, um, take like a personal journal to see what's going on, and um, I'll talk a little bit more about the history uh, as we get into this, because, yeah, there's some... I don't know, I guess you could call it important things or tragic things or whatever that's happened in the past little bit, and we're just, uh, I don't know, making a log of like what we're doing to get through it and that kind of things. So I'll try to uh, keep it to about 20 minutes. Um, we'll do that on like a weekly basis just so, like I said, we can kind of consistently go over uh, what all is happening, and then we'll go from there. So... Yeah, it's kind of awkward trying to figure out how to start, um, so I guess I'll just jump right into it. Um, almost a year ago, it's been about 10 months ago, I, uh, <laughs> yeah, about 10 months ago I lost my wife, and, um, dude, it's been hard, it sucks. Um, yeah, we... <laughs> we had just started looking at getting into a new place. Uh, it was about, I don't know, 30 minutes away from where we were staying with my brother, who was kind enough to, you know, give us a place to stay for a few months while I was transitioning between finishing up college and dealing with some of my dad's affairs, who happened to pass, he, he passed away a few days before, um, before the accident. Anyways, um, yeah. Driving back home one night from uh, taking a look at the place, talking about, you know, semantics, moving, logistics, all that jazz. And <laughs> next thing I know, I'm waking up in the hospital. And that was when her dad called. And, um, and that's when he told me that she was gone. And yeah, wow, like super, <laughs> super big and heavy right off the bat, just jumping into it, you know? And I apologize. I mean, obviously you guys are coming blind into this. This is like a totally new experience. And so, yeah, did not mean to, uh, you know, just kind of put a damper on the spirit of things. But that's what this whole podcast is about. This whole podcast is about um, just showing people the journey, you know? Like, I know I'm not the only person that's gone through tragedy. Like, I know other people have been out there and they've experienced losses like this. And I think they need to know that they're not the only ones out there, you know? That there are other people, like me, <laughs> who go through this stuff. And it just, like, it sucks. It's terrible. First of all, it kind of feels like you're dying, you know? You've had this piece of you that's, that's just totally ripped apart and... Now you're just left with the tight chest and the panic attacks and the ringing in the ears and, you know, the things that come up afterwards um, of just like, you know, what could have gone better and why did it have to happen this way and lost expectations and lost love and all that jazz. And even though we're going through that and our world is falling apart, everything else continues to spin, you know? Like I, I still got to go to work. I still, um, I mean, at the time, I still 
you know, like finished my degree, went through like homework and stuff like that, just so I could, just so I could graduate. Um, that was literally, literally the last semester, man. Like, okay, so this, this whole accident and everything. So this happened like the tail end of October and, um, I graduated December of 2022. So literally this would have been like two months before I was going to graduate we were gonna yeah we were gonna start our lives you know do that whole like american dream that whole like white people thing you know we were like oh we're gonna get a house we're gonna start having kids we're gonna do productive member of society kind of stuff and uh make the world a better place i mean that's goal right that's always a goal to try to i don't know leave things a little bit better than we found them or at least end up you know leaving the earth as a good guy instead of one of the bad guys and, uh, yeah, that was what, so her name was Maisie. Um, that's what Maisie and I's, that's what our plan was, was to, um, was to do that, was to go the distance, you know? And I cannot tell you how frustrating it is. Ten months later, ten months later, I still just am constantly, like, on a daily basis, being affected by it, or being reminded of it, you know? Uh, specifically today, I saw, a, uh, I saw a pink car that was driving down the road, and Maze used to drive a pink car as well, so I'll give you some background. Uh, I am currently enlisted in the Utah Army National Guard, and, uh, you know, work as, like, a logistics officer, and so, or, uh, sergeant, I Shouldn't say officer. No, there's some military guys that would get pretty salty if they heard something like that <laughs> coming from an NCO. But that's besides the point. NCO is a non-commissioned officer. For those who are unfamiliar, there's two different like levels of leadership in the military. Um, you've got officers that are the ones that are financially responsible for everything. They sort of take on that bigger responsibility of equipment, people, objectives, planning, that kind of stuff. And then NCOs, non-commissioned officers, they're the facilitators. They're the ones that actually like go out and execute the plans that the commissioned officers come up with. Uh, it's a really good teamwork basis, you know. NCOs benefit by not having to deal with as much accountability or um, things coming down them in a negative way as much as commissioned officers. But commissioned officers do get a little bit more pay and there's a little bit more respect that comes with that position and that kind of thing. So... You know, there's there's some give and take. You can kind of, I guess, decide what you're going for. Anyways, that's besides the point. So I work as a sergeant with the uh, National Guard, and we deployed to Iraq back in 2018-2019. Uh, and so coming back, um, that's where Maisie and I first met, and, uh, you know, we got married and all that jazz. Um, I ended up buying a small little SUV to kind of help sustain our family and help build our family in the right direction and that kind of thing and uh right before my dad died we ended up selling Maisie's car so that we could sort of help help ourselves financially um i had a motorcycle i was gonna you know ride that for the most part and you know being down to one vehicle really isn't that big of a deal so yeah we had a plan to make it work we came down here and the little SUV that we had, the one car that we had, um, started having issues. I, 
I don't know. I felt like it was unsafe to let, you know, my wife drive it. And so kind of made the decision to sell that and get rid of that and um, fix up my dad's car that he had left behind. And we would use that as kind of like our um, daily driver, single driver, that kind of thing. Anyways, um, that, <laughs> my dad's car, that one started having issues. And so I needed to get Maisie a car. And, uh, you know, we brainstormed a couple of ideas. We actually bought a few broken down Range Rovers in the hopes that we would fix them up and, you know, time and dealing with my dad's affairs and school and stuff like that. Eventually we realized that we weren't going to get to it. So we ended up, um, literally just taking a day and going on to the online classifieds and just seeing what we can find. And lucky enough, I was able to find this dude, like, you would not believe it. It was just super cute. It was like a pink Barbie colored Civic. It was like a little Honda Civic. And, uh, dude, it was perfect. It was just like cute little car, gets really good gas mileage. It also had a sunroof. <laughs> the sunroof part was just really, really cool. And, uh, yeah, so we, so we bought that for her. And that was like her car, right? And it was really cool because everybody just associated that that car with Maisie, right? It was like, oh, look, it's Maisie showing up in the Barbie car. <laughs> and uh, brought a lot of smile to people's faces and things like that. It was, it was really cool. And, um, yeah, sorry. I'm, like, kind of <laughs> turning this into a, into a little bit of a downer. But, uh, yeah, when I saw a pink car today, ah. <sighs> God, it just made me miss her, you know? And normally, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I've had probably like three or four friends pass away, and I've had at least four family members, um, excluding Maisie, that have, you know, passed away up to this point in time. And so, like, you know, I understand how hard death is and, and mourning and things like that, but... You know, when it's sudden like this, it puts it in a whole different just ball game. Because you never got to say goodbye. You never got to get, you know, one one last hug, one last, you know, I love you, or just something to sort of end it on a good note, you know? Like honestly, I can't I can't even remember the last thing that I ended up saying to Maisie. I wanna say it was something along the lines of like you know, oh, we're just working towards our happily ever after. I don't know, something stupid and cheesy. I'm not the best at talking when it comes to being around people. So, yeah, the bar's set pretty low when it comes to me just making comments in and of itself. But anyways, yeah. I'm trying to figure out, I, I guess, like, what, what I'm supposed to say when that happens. Because, honestly, in those moments, it's, it's hard to know what to do. You know, you see a pink card, immediately you think back to, you know, the person that you lost, and then you start thinking about, like, the good moments that you had, you know? Driving around with the sunroof open and, and just listening to music when, um, you know, when I was really struggling with my dad passing away, which, yeah, that was that was a big struggle. That was, God, that was so hard. Not that me and him were really close, but more so that we had, like a kind of estranged and really, I don't know, whatever the word is for like disappointing relationship. 
It's so bad because it's more of like I was disappointed in him, and so it's a very like cats in the cradles kind of thing, which like that was not the plan. I was not 16 years old walking around thinking like, man, I'm probably not going to see my dad for like the last seven years that he's alive. But uh, yeah, that's how it happens anyways. That's what sucks about it. Like death is just such a closer you know what I mean? There's no coming back from it. It's not like you can fix it or anything, which is super frustrating because that's what I do. I'm a mechanic. I fix things, okay? Especially, um, so I grew up in a broken family. We'll get into that later. Not really important, other than the fact that every mistake that was made was like very black and white and it was irredeemable. So even when, you know, you do something stupid because you're a kid or you're a teenager or so on and so forth, it's not like, oh, hey, guess what? You're learning for the first time. Like, this is your first time as a teenager and learning life and so on and so forth. So let's just move on and get better and do good things and stuff like that. No, it was, (laughs) it was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened that you did that. The whole world is going to end. And uh, yeah, there's there's no way we're going to get it back. We, we just lost this. It's it's totally done and over with and broken. And you're a horrible person because of that. And so, yeah, I kind of became obsessed with fixing things and learning how to fix things. Just so, I guess I had like a redeemable quality or believe that there was a redeemable quality. Not just in myself, but in like other people and things like that. And dude, you can't fix death. <laughs> it's so... Just the, the, like, closer that you cannot get past is the fact that they're gone. There's no way of bringing it back. Or even, like, a, a quick fix to, to fix the pain and, and the hurt. You know what I mean? A lot of people have said that, you know, um, losing somebody close to you, like a family member or spouse or whatever, is a lot like losing a limb, right? Like, you do learn how to manage. You learn how to you know, continue life without it and things like that and assimilate and whatnot, but it's still never the same, you know? Because you're losing such a big part of you. And it's true. I mean, like, um, oh gosh, let me see if I can do some Googling real quick. Because I did some research back in college when I was doing like this paper on how music can affect just your mood and your psychology and biology and things like that. And uh, through that, I actually learned about this uh, certain condition that some people have um, that was really kind of crazy. And uh, if I can find the name of it, I want to teach you guys, I guess. Oh, come on. I'm looking for, like, the actual name. I wonder if, like, oh, here we go. Okay, okay. So this is based on Harvard Health, right, Um, .edu. Anyways, references, whatever. So it's called Takusubu Cardiomyopathy. Basically, it's called broken heart syndrome. So there's small little muscles inside of your heart that, you know, obviously shape it and sort of morph it into the way that it needs to be to pump blood effectively and help you just live life like a normal person. And... Sometimes if you go through a life stressor, like losing a spouse or something like that, uh, literally, those muscles will, uh, for lack of a better word, break. And, you know, you can always check my uh, references. I don't know if I'm describing this right. But the point of the story is that it um, it literally kind of breaks your heart. Um, it'll actually affect your heart to where it... Um, 
you know, it doesn't operate as well as it used to. Um, and, you know, not in a major way. It's not like you're going to start having heart attacks or, you know, get like a, uh, whatever the clock thing in an artery is right off the way. But you do see a little bit of the effects, right? And for me, like when I go out on a run, um, like I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel my heart physically trying to work a little bit harder to uh, to just to just run, just do like normal, you know, cardio stuff. And yeah, that's just that's just biology. You know what I mean? That has nothing to do with emotions or the psychology of it or whatever. I mean, we're talking that biologically, down to the cells of your body, losing somebody can be so detrimental that it'll affect you physically, healthfully, health wise. And that kind of thing. And so, yeah, I apologize. I kind of totally forgot what we were going off with that. But uh, I guess point of the story is is that it uh, definitely affects you. And definitely changes your world, you know. Sort of turns everything around and, and loops it. Because, <sighs> yeah, I just remember being on top of the world. Uh, back in the middle of college, you know, like going on deployment, coming back, doing really good in school. At the time, I was learning how to be a pilot. And so, you know, flying and doing well in that regard and that kind of thing. And I don't know, I just felt like such a winner, <laughs> for lack of a better word. And that sounds super conceited. So I apologize. Not that, you know, I'm a doctor or anything. So take my words with a grain of salt. But I felt good about myself, you know? I felt good about the world. Albert Einstein once asked, or said, that we should ask ourselves, is this universe a friendly universe? And I thought it was a friendly universe at the time. Like, are you kidding me? The universe was all there having my back and helping me progress and achieve the dreams that I had and that kind of thing. And so, yeah, I I, I thought the universe was on my side. I felt great. And, uh, dude, that is so not the case right now. Like... You know, some, sometimes I feel like, um, you know, that it should have been me instead of her. I mean, I, I think that a lot, actually. And, uh, you know, also guilt, thinking that I could have done something different, something I could have prevented, and, you know, things like that. And uh, anger as well, you know? Like, why, why did it have to happen this way? Why does, you know, 48% of Americans get to live, like, a happy marriage and continuing that life of, you know, starting families and just, you know, having that companionship. You know, there, there is like a, a subtle sort of benefit to having family, mostly in the sense that you get more wholesome moments when you're involved with the family than, you know, when you're by yourself or when you're involved with other things. And I think that's what a lot of us are going for is just a life filled with wholesome moments that we can sort of uh, cherish and savor, um, things that'll make it worth it, you know, feel like we lived our life in the very best way when we're on our deathbed and that kind of thing. And so the fact that, you know, I miss out on that and uh, don't get to see the fulfillment of that, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it makes me really, really mad sometimes. Just all over the place. Definitely don't feel like a winner right now, but like I said, that's why we're doing this podcast. The whole point of this podcast is to just just talk about these things that happen throughout the week and talk about the different feelings and the emotions and, and the progress and stuff that we go through um, to see where we end up, you know? I mean, let's, let's see what happens a year from now or two years from now, you know? 
Uh, we might be in the same place. We might be doing better. Really, we have no idea <laughs> what's, what's going on. But it's good to at least have sort of an outlet, um, somewhere that, you know, you can put your voice out there and um, not just keep it bottled up inside the whole time. Uh, which, at least for me, is super helpful. Everybody has different ways of coping. So, anyways, I think that's everything for this episode. Uh, thank you so much for watching and just, you know, being there and uh, enduring through this. Not that it was super bad, but again, there's a lot of, like, self-doubt that's going on right now. Point of the story, <laughs> the point of the story is, um, I know you're doing your best, and I appreciate that. I think a lot of people appreciate that as well, so... Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Hopefully we can, uh, like I said, make this world a better place than the way we left it. And uh, yeah, hope you guys have a good rest of your day.